This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. Do you constantly criticize or punish yourself? Maybe you also struggle to be loving, compassionate, and caring towards yourself. Well, this form of self-neglect is often a pattern of behavior that we learn in childhood because of how other people treated us. Well, in this teaching, you'll discover the signs of self-neglect, which are often quite subtle but it will mean that you can finally break free from this self-harming cycle and begin to treat yourself better than other people have treated you. Okay, so David, is emotional self-neglect a common thing that you deal with amongst your clients? I would say it's one of the fundamental things, Alex. They may not come and present and say, I am emotionally self-neglecting myself, as clear as that. But they would say something like, I'm constantly self-sabotaging, I'm not reaching my own standards, I'm always criticizing myself, I'm very hard on myself. So if you're using any of those type of terms, then it would fall into this category. And so from what you've just said there, David, self-neglect manifests in either our self-talk, so mm-hmm. the criticizing ourselves, talking down to ourselves, but it also can manifest in our actions or lack of actions, so self-sabotaging behaviours, for example. Yes, it can, it can manifest in many ways. I mean, for me, it normally manifests in what we call the three lies. If you think about all the three lies, I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy, both of those are very judgmental about yourself, and that's normally how this self-sabotage is emotional, neglect shows because you're very critical in our model we call it ccj and that stands for criticizing comparing or being judgmental and you can fall into this pattern of behavior and thinking either about someone else very critical of them or what they do or what they should have done comparing them against what you hold or being judgmental against them but in this case that we're talking about today This applies to yourself. We're turning it in on ourselves. We turn it in on ourselves. So we're very critical of ourselves and we hear the word perfection. If I was only perfect or I'm not perfect or I'm trying to reach perfection or we're very comparing ourselves. Look at them. They're doing better than me. They're hiring the job. They're earning more money than me. Got a bigger car, a bigger house, a happier life or being very judgmental. Very judgmental about yourself, always picking up things and saying, I did it, but I didn't do it good enough. I could have done it better. I've got to force myself. So you're never in this. And we're back to this image. When I'm talking about this, I always have this image come into my head of the the one with the donkey and the carrot just dangling in front of them, never quite reaching. So you're always on this Striving. striving and never achieving and always beating yourself and and very, very neglectful of yourself and what's right for you. As you said in in the introduction, 
not caring for yourself, being very destructive about yourself. And so those three lies which you mentioned, I'm not good enough, I'm I'm unlovable, I can't cope, they are, are kind of unhealthy core beliefs, but the manifestation of those is the negative self-talk and then the kind red of... Red light feelings. The red, mm. You know, the red light feelings, so anxiety, fear, stress, depression, hopelessness, anger, all those unwanted emotional feelings. Mm-hmm. So that's self-talk and those red light feelings which are going on inside of us, they are very much a form of self-neglect because a lot of people would say, David, I think self-neglect is, well, when you overwork yourself, when you you neglect your eating, when you neglect your exercise, when you don't care for yourself in a kind of a physical way. But I'm I'm from what you're saying, David, actually the internal stuff, the stuff that sometimes people don't know about, that can be as powerful, if not more powerful. Well, that's why we teach these videos, because you have to do the golden thread, because the starting point can be many and varied. You use one, just choose the one you used at random, overworking. So if you're constantly overworking, staying later than other other people, taking on too much, this is what I hear a lot of, why do I take on too much work? Why do I overcommit? Why am I always trying to please people? Why am I always trying to be the best? Why am I always trying, you see? Now you have to do the golden thread. On all of these manifestations, you have to do the golden thread. Why, 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 and trace it back. Because if you're constantly overworking, if you're overcommitting yourself, if you're trying to be the people pleaser, if you're trying to be the one that everybody turns to in a crisis, if you're trying to be... You've got to ask yourself, why am I doing that? Not just look at it as this is who you are and you can't change it. Um, I see just a lot of my clients say, well, it's my nature. It's the way I am. And I would absolutely disagree with that. These are choices that you're making based on your beliefs. This is exactly why I say we do these videos. So you can do the self-inquiry, what we call the golden thread, and you go back down, ask you why, so you separate your emotions. So again, I'm going to repeat, I try and do it on every video. This is the most important teaching. You are the creator of your emotional feelings. You are not the victim of them. Now, many of my clients will come to me after watching the videos and say, yes, I accept that, but, and there cannot be a but in that statement. You either accept it or you don't accept it. Because when they say, but, what it normally means is intellectually, they've thought about it. And of course, they understand emotions don't float around the room. Other people can't project emotions into your body. So they understand that. But there's a part of their mind that we would call the inner child, which is what we're going to get to in a moment. Because all of this is based in the part of the mind that's called the inner child. There's a part of the mind called the inner child cannot accept that they create the emotion. And so you start from the top. I'm going to use the example that yeah. you use. I'm overworking. I'm overcommitting. I've got a big in-tray and a zero out-tray. I'm trying to be perfect. I've got to go over things three, four, five times when other people just pass it on. No, but I can't be proven wrong. 
then the question is why? Why do yeah. you do that? So, and so if you trace that down, yeah. that will normally go down to something like, well, I want validation. I want to be praised. I want to be held in high esteem. It's very important to me what other people think about me. And beneath that is one of the three lies. Absolutely. I need validation and praise from external sources because actually I believe I'm not good enough. Thank you, Alex. So there we are now, arrived at one now of the three we've lies. arrived at the three lies. So that journey, I think about it like a map. At the top, there can be many ways, but when you do the golden thread correctly, as we've demonstrated in many videos, or you could join our Facebook community, and we talk about it a lot there, because the starting point is different to different people. Yeah. But the finishing point will be always the same. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Yeah. So it will come down to I'm not good enough. And so if you truly think and, and, and live your life, let's say, the manifestation of thinking you're not good enough is working really hard and wanting to get praise and, and wanting to get... Yeah. And more importantly... It's a form of self-neglect because often when we overwork, when we sacrifice other things in our life, such as our health, our family, we are doing a disservice to ourselves. That's a form of self-neglect. So that's with the kind of obvious stuff, David. That's mm -hmm. the kind of external stuff that people can see where, you know, we're burning the candle at both hands. When, we, when we've got that, if the self-neglect is just internal, so just constantly criticizing ourselves or saying, oh, I'm rubbish, I'm no good, you're, I'm useless. That again, if we trace that form of those thoughts and that self-talk back, why am I saying this? What's the reasoning? Are you saying that we'll also get to one of the three lies? Yes, I'm saying we'll either get to one or all three. Most of my clients have got all three of the lies. I'm not good enough. I can't cope, it's all too much for me, or I'm not lovable, or some will not say not lovable, they'll say I'm not worthy, or I have no value. But it's the same thing, not lovable, not worthy, not valuable. So it will either be one of those three lies, or all of those lies. As I say, many of my clients have got all of those lies. The manifestation will be different for everybody, unique for, for everybody. And that's why I'm so pleased to pass this teaching on to you, because of the majority of this work you can do yourself. Just sitting quietly and saying, so why do I believe that? So where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Where did I get that idea from? Where did I get that belief from? Where did I get that standard from? Because you wasn't born with it, was you? It's been inherited. It's been, and for you it might be what a teacher said or what your uh, friends or pupils said at school or what your grandparents said or what your parents said normally it's dysfunctional childhood and that's why it's the inner child work before we dig into that the kind of origin of this self-neglecting behavior i just want to poke around a little bit more mm -hmm. at the manifestations because sometimes it can be very very subtle and i want I want our listeners to be aware that, you know, this may be applicable to them. So if we have the negative internal self-talk, uh, we're down, we're beating ourselves, we're down on ourselves. Often we then try to avoid those feelings that we are creating because of the negative self-talk. And that can manifest in things like 
overeating, addictive behaviors, unhealthy lifestyle choices. So those can also manifest from, I guess, self-abusive and self-neglectful internal self-talk. Well, that's very important to flag that up, Alex, because that makes this seemingly more complicated. But what you're actually doing is a self-fulfilling prophecy or you say mm. confirmation bias. So let's just use the first one you said again. You overeat. So you overeat, you put on weight, you look in the mirror, and you're bigger or larger than you would want to be. And then you say, well, there's evidence I'm yeah. not good enough. Or there's evidence. Who would love me? Oh, there's evidence I'm not worthy. There's evidence I can't cope. I can't even cope with a diet. So what that does, it provides this confirmation bias. And now you've slipped into what we call the carousel of despair. Yeah. You're going round and around like a hamster in a wheel, working really hard. And this, you say this to yourself, I don't understand it. I work really hard. I'm, I'm the first to arrive and the last to leave. And my entree is bigger than anybody else's. Or I don't understand how many diets I've been on and how this. And so you're running faster and faster on this carousel. And the purpose of these teachings is for you to step away and look at the carousel and look at the thought beliefs because they're your beliefs. They're no one else's beliefs. They're your beliefs. And don't say, well, it's my nature. And please don't say it's a habit. Oh, it's just a habit, David. Oh, it's ingrained. Because then when you do that, you're not being accountable and you're not taking responsibility for your beliefs. Mm. And one final thing, again, just on the subtlety of this self-neglect. Would you say that if we, if we don't speak our truth as an adult, if we, if we believe something or we value something, but we don't speak up about it, or we, we don't voice our concerns because we don't want to upset people or we don't want people to not love us or we don't want to create a force. Would you say that's also a form of self-neglect? Yes, absolutely, 100%. When we say, I can't say that because I hate confrontation, I can't say that because I'm worried about what they think about me or I'm worried about them being angry or them losing their temper or them going sparking off on a red light feeling, I don't like that. And what you're doing very kind of intrinsically, very internally, you are betraying yourself. You are letting go of what you hold dear and you are letting go of what I would call your spirituality, your shen, your truth. Now, I can understand it can be very challenging for you to speak your truth and learning how to deliver it is very important. Again, we've done several yeah. videos on delivering your truth. But it's, if you betray your truth, you're actually betraying yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you'll fall right back to the three lies. Then you'll use the three lies as the justification. Well, there you are. There's evidence. You see, the three lies always provide this false evidence. Well, there you are. I can't do it because I'm not good enough. There you are. I can't do it because I have no worth. There you are. I can't do it because I just can't. Mm. I can't cope. I can't cope with confrontation. I can't cope with upset. I can't cope with my partner being angry. I can't cope with a kind of a negative day where we're arguing. I can't cope with that. So then I betray myself. 
So let's now step backwards in time. If we've now understood how the ways in which we may be neglecting ourselves now as an adult, the many kind of varied ways, and this comes from childhood experiences, can you explain in your experience with your clients, David, what typically goes on in their childhood? Yes. So let me just quickly explain. And if this is interesting to you, I'd really recommend you looking in the archives as our inner child videos, because they'll give you a lot more information that we're going to talk about. But for those new subscribers, when we're talking about the inner child, we're talking about a part of your mind. We're giving it a label. Now, you may be already labeling it as your ego or your emotional mind or your subconscious mind. Some of my clients will label it as the devil or the demon or, or the enemy or the thing inside where they've got to fight against. And I want you to consider it as you're in a child because the root of this behavior and this thinking starts in childhood. In my experience working with clients, the ages of around six years old to nine years old, I'm not being precise, but around that age group is very important because this is the time when you were a child and your emotions had fully developed. So you're very sensitive, you're very emotional, thank goodness, and you're experiencing life. But your cognitive reasoning, your thinking hasn't quite developed to the same level. So you're using your emotions to get what you want. Now, I'm going to use a harsh word here, emotional manipulation. I believe all children use their emotions to get what they want. They are trying to manipulate their parents, their family. So when they cry, when they sulk, when they have temper tantrums, when they stamp the foot, when they run to their room, what they're doing, they haven't got the ability to cognitively work it through, but they use their emotions. And so what we do as a child, we use our emotions to get, try and try and get, we don't get it, of course, but we use our emotions to try and get it. And this is why when I said earlier, the mature mind will say, yes, I understand that I create the emotion. This part of your mind, the inner child, cannot accept that because they're scuppered if they accept that. But how does that relate to us learning to be neglectful to ourselves in childhood, David? Okay. So one of the reasons, the main reason I, I, I get is if someone else sees that I'm emotionally suffering, mm -hmm. if I'm not looking after myself, if I'm depressed, if I'm anxious, if I'm always sad, if I'm always angry, if I'm always down, if I'm always not caring for myself, then someone else will step in okay. and sort it all out for me. And it goes back to a child, because if a, if a child, the hoping, and many of my clients, including me, this never happened, hoping that if their parents see them struggling, having a bad time, not coping, believing they're not good enough, the parents will come in and sort it out for them. So again, this is the basis of the model. You're always looking externally, yeah. outside of yourself. If you think of the word validation, I'm looking for validation. I'm looking for approval. That's always moving 
the responsibility onto someone else. Now, when you were a child, that's fine. That's what all children do. That's what you should have done. I'm very sorry if you didn't get that approval and validation. I'm very sorry. I didn't get it. I'm sure if you're watching these videos, you didn't get it. And this does not make you a victim. This is the teaching. I believe this makes you victorious because you came through that. But where the problem is and what we're trying to focus on and magnify, the problem is you're still looking outside yeah. of yourself and you're not a child now, although that part of the mind still is running the same script, the same story, we, we call it. And that's why I like the analogy of the inner child. Not perfect, I understand. Not perfect, and you can pick flies in the inner child analogy. But I want you to think of that part of your mind as almost like your spiritual child. And you are the spiritual parent. And I want you to parent yourself, reparent yourself. And again, we've done many videos on this. Because if you keep looking outside of yourself, Alex, You'll always be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I understand what you've just said, David, that essentially as, as children, we learned as a survival strategy, which was appropriate to use our emotions to get attention and to have our needs met. Now, what you're saying is we, some of us are continuing to use our emotions for attention seeking to get our needs met externally from other people or other sources and you're saying what you need to do is do that kind of cycle within yourself so you need to meet your own needs okay yes. and that is the reason for self, the self-neglect yes but I would have thought that the main reason for self-neglect is not necessarily the attention seeking element but more like if we were told or if we believed that we were told or it was inferred as a child that we weren't good enough, we weren't lovable, we were rubbish, we were good for nothing, and we believe that, that we now as an adult think, well, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, therefore I'm just going to neglect myself. And it's almost like just an internal thing going on privately within ourselves that a lot of people don't know about. So it's not not attention-seeking behavior. It's just being really down on ourselves because we bought into the lie that we were told when we were children. A couple of things there, though, Alex. If that was the truth, yeah. if you really believe that, I can tell you you would not be watching this video because you would be living that life and believing that life is natural and normal and all you deserve you wouldn't be trying to change it you wouldn't have an inkling that something was wrong you would have no idea at all would you if you believe that to be true mm -hmm. if you believed it wholly and solely that to be true you would not be doing the searching you would not be doing the reading you would not be watching these videos you would not be talking to me because why would you talk to me you would say well, it's correct, isn't it? But I'm wondering whether, as a child, we believed it. As a child, we believed it. And now we've 
And that belief gets locked into our psyche as a child, yes. which then becomes what we call the inner child part of our mind as an adult. Yes. Our inner child still believes yes. that it's not lovable, not good enough, good for nothing. But deep down, we always have that kind of spiritual, what you call the Shem part of ourselves, our divine, spiritual, authentic nature, which is is good enough, is lovable, can cope, you know, is pristine, is awesome. And so it's like our, as if our inner child is fully bought into the lie, but there is that little inkling, that little sense of, hold on, something's not right here that you talked about, is our spiritual side, just saying, hello, you're not living truthfully, you shouldn't be neglecting yourself, you know, you've not been brought onto this earth to punish yourself. You know, you've been brought onto this earth to transform, grow, reach your potential. And so what you're describing there quite well, Alex, is the internal battle mm -hmm. that produces the red light feelings. So how you described it is perfect. We have this part of our mind that we're calling the inner child, following their story, following their belief structure, and we have the other part that I would call Shen, knowing the real truth, knowing, as you said, that we're here to reach our purpose. We're here to flow, to flourish, to be the best that we can be. And so inside of us then, we've set up an internal battle, a fight, a tug of war, if you want. And the result of that tug of war are the red lights, whatever you want to call them, anxiety, anger, sadness, depression, whatever word, it doesn't really matter. But that's the result of that internal battle that's going on inside of yourself. So that answers your first question. If you believed it to be true, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have the internal battle. You would just accept if it. If you fully believe. If, if you, you 100% with every fiber of your, your being. body yeah. and every part knew that what your parents said to you when they looked at you and said, you're not good enough, and you would say, yes, my parents are correct. I believe every word my parents say, they're like God. And if they say I'm not good enough, therefore the rest of my life I'm not going to be good enough, or I'm not going to be able to cope, or I am unworthy, or I have no value. You would have fully accepted that. My word would be you would have surrendered to that. So if that's you and you're kind of nodding your head and saying, well, my parents did say that to me, and some parents do, do you believe everything your parents have said to you? Did you follow their wording to the letter without any thought and you were a robot, were you a puppet or whatever you want to call it? No, no one does. And so you were more discerning. And this is what I want you to be now more discerning and look back don't stop at the surface the red light feelings the self-sabotage the trying to please that's just the surface manifestation go down it's like following a golden thread i always love what you said it's like following the breadcrumbs you're going down to the core so this is where a lot of our clients get stuck they write in or they go on the community they say right i've got the core the core is i'm not good enough what do I do now? That's not the core. That's just a lie. Now you do the golden thread. Why do you believe you're not good enough? 
Why do you believe you can't cope? Why do you believe you have no value, no worth, not lovable? Why do you believe that? You wasn't born believing that. Mm. Where did that come from? And why are you accepting that source 100% without query, without being discerning, without looking at it? Because when you look back at it, you'll find, whether it's your parents or your teachers, how are they in a position to define your life? And this is why I do this work, because I want to tell you quite clearly, your childhood does not, does not define you unless you wanted to. What other people said about you are just words. They mean nothing unless you give them meaning. See, it always depends on you. And that's the accountability and the self-responsibility that we're talking about. So if you're starting from the premise, I have no value, I'm worthless, I want to self-sabotage myself, how can you look at these things critically or even in what I would call wu-wei in a balanced, discerning way? Because you're starting from a negative. You're starting from a very negative presupposition. You're starting from the negative. Well, let me look at that from somebody who already has no value. Yeah. And that's why if we, you know, because most of us know, you know, we're intelligent educated enough, worldly enough to know that overworking ourselves, neglecting our health, continuing with very unhealthy lifestyle habits, constantly criticizing ourselves. Most of us know that that's not right, but we don't stop doing it, even though, we, and the reason we don't stop doing it is because we don't do the deeper work as you suggested, which is, so it's not a case of you know, trying a new diet, reading a new self-help book, you know, increasing my awareness of what is healthy and unhealthy in terms of looking after myself. Actually, we need to do that deeper work to find out the lie within our belief system that is driving this behavior. Because unless we get at the lie and question it and interrogate it in the way you suggested and the way that you do when you work one-to-one with your clients through the golden thread process, doing the inner child work, we can never, it's like digging out the weed, uh, the, the roots of the weed that need to be dug out and chucked out. Exactly. Can I give you an example? I know a lot of clients like it when I give an example from a client. I would never name a client. But I was working with this client like last week, and this is what she said. I want to be perfect. And I just said to her, so you believe in perfection? And she said, no. Can you see right away the inconsistency in that? And that's what you would call a dual belief system. That's what I would call a dual belief system. Or if you want a better word, hypocrisy. So she wants to be perfect, but she doesn't believe that perfection exists. I mean, so come on. Two this, conflicting beliefs. this is an intelligent woman, yeah. a beautiful woman, who's had a terrible childhood, and she's in her mid-40s, and this is what she's telling me. I want to be perfect, but I do not believe perfection exists. And there she is on the carousel now. Because she can never reach that, can yeah. she? And she's constantly striving, she overworking, stri neglecting herself, 
Yeah. That's a great example. Very yeah. simple example. Just based on that one just based, inconsistency. Just based on that first introductory thing. And I, I said to her, and she couldn't see it. I said, so let me feed you that back. This is what I do to a lot of my clients, so you know I understand. You do not believe in perfection. You do not believe perfection exists. And she said, that's right. But you want to be perfect. And she said, yes. And I said, you don't see any inconsistency there. And it took us about 10 minutes before she could. It's almost like the inner child blocks your mind. It's almost like you've, I've, I've got to just help you to step back and to analyze it. Yeah. Because you're caught in the story. And then she said, oh, it's my inner child that wants to be perfect. <sighs> Amen. Exactly. But my Shen knows there's no perfection. Amen. But you've never taught the inner child. Here's the life lesson. There's the life lesson. And she said, well, and this is what she actually said. You mean it's my responsibility to teach my inner child? Mm -hmm. I said, well, who else? And here's what she said. Well, my parents should have taught me. But they said, I didn't. They didn't. And she said, well, it's, I've got to do it. And I said, yes, of course you've got to do it. And she said, well, it's not my responsibility, is it? It's my parents should have done it. Can you see yeah. now? This is just and how And so we're now with that belief and that mindset, you're caught, forever caught in the trap because no one's going to come and sort it out for you. Exactly. And, and the parents couldn't have done it for whatever reason. Perhaps they didn't believe it. And so there she was caught in this trap of going around and around. Her parents never gave her the praise or the reassurance. They never told her, well done, that's really good. They always said to her, well, you could have done better. And so she's still, this part of the mind is still on that story. And so she's being led by the child. And it took about, I don't know, it took a long time, 10, 15 minutes of just using that example before it was like, and this is what I call the enlightenment. It's like it switches on. And she said, oh, I understand now. She said, I've watched all your videos and I understood. But now I understand what the inner child is. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that what you're saying is we teach the inner child the truth through reparenting. And I can put links in the show notes to several of our inner child reparenting teachings to help you with this. But essentially, we need to now as is a teaching for this whole topic, we need to now start treating ourselves better than others have treated us or than others who may be still mistreating us as adults. It's our responsibility. It's no one else's responsibility. Well, I, think, I think that's the Taoist teaching, is you have to treat yourself better than others treated you. That's the teaching that I would share with you. It doesn't matter how unfair or what they should have done or what you believe or your expect expectations of parents and guardians and teachers and partners. Don't treat yourself worse than they do. Treat yourself better. Hold yourself and see the value in you. Value is not something that's given to you externally by your parents. Value is not a kind of a bank account where people have to do deposits to make you better or withdrawals that make you worse. Value is something that you already have. Nobody can touch. 
That's what I would call Shen. Your worth and your value is untouchable. No one can interfere with that. And if you think they can, then do the golden thread. Why do you believe? And I'll always give you this little kind of tip that I use on all of my clients. Ask yourself, would you say to your physical child, you have zero value. You have to go and search for value externally. Other people have to give you value, but be careful because they can also take value away from you. So would you say that to your physical child? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, right away there's the hypocrisy, there's the dual belief system, because that's what you've always been saying to your spiritual child. And now it's time to change. It's time to see things through the lens of truth, honesty, and integrity. It's trying to treat yourself better than other people treated you. Thank you, David. And I, I would say then a lot of this work then becomes about self-love and understanding what self-love is and that it's not selfish. And indeed, in understanding the whole concept of what love is and the fact we create it within ourselves. Yes, and we've done, we've done a video on, on, on this where a lot of my clients would, would, would say, I don't know how to love yeah. myself, and we've done a videos on this. And this is another this is another example mm. of when they've got caught on the carousel. So I will also we've done actually several videos on yeah. self love. So I will put links to those as well in the show notes for those of you who are interested in developing this work a little bit further. I I really hope you have benefited from this teaching. Please do let us know. Comment below below the teaching or maybe share it with someone else who you think may also benefit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers, and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.